This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. the running channel podcast with andy i've got a two meter stride badly sarah holly bobs hartley and rick i couldn't trust you two on your own without me kelsey so i didn't go away (laughs) yeah Uh, you've heard him right he literally cancelled his holiday because he didn't trust us (laughs) it's more that he didn't trust us not to stitch him up and to talk about him in a way that he didn't he didn't um he didn't appreciate so we're so sorry 59 episodes and we're still on the hunt for an episode without rick but i went to essex he also we talk about about him pushing the buttons over there and then i had to force him to do a sound check before before we started rolling. He's like, oh yeah, I should do that. And then Sarah's Sarah's mic wasn't on. She was on mute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you just not sat there with Sunny's on in the corner with a little like fake sun lamp. And <laughs> I'm trying to imitate what you would have had if you were in Tenerife. And I've got um an amazing set of notes here for the podcast, but the first one, which only happened a few minutes ago, yeah. was you walked in, looked at Sarah and just went, you look nice for a podcast. <laughs> she does look nice. So we should probably start a podcast. A Okay, so today we're going to be talking about how to run your perfect race, mm-hmm. which Sarah wanted to talk about because she's very smug because you feel like you did exactly this. It at, finally at happened. All of the stars aligned. I feel like I finally had that race experience where I've come away thinking that was that was great. Amazing. <laughs> so good. So I want to unpick it because I have had so many bad race experiences mm. that I feel like if I just spiel what I did, someone might be able to learn something from this it. This is where superstitions come from as well though yeah. this is where a lot of my race superstitions ended up coming from I think you absolutely smash it and then you're like okay well I definitely need to do it <laughs> I, I need to, to, I need to try and repeat exactly but yeah I reckon we can we can get some good advice out of this one but mm. first Rick how's your weekend of running been well I did a 10k as well so I'm interested to hear about Sarah's we went to Essex right okay you know when you sometimes you go away with friends you don't normally run with and you realize your friends are really fast <laughs> <laughs> like potentially quite a bit faster than you like I've known you for years and didn't realise how fast you were. Like, make mine, Alex Mitchell, he runs under 20 minutes on a 5K. And I was like, what, what, how, how on earth are you this fast? But anyway, went to Essex. We found something that we didn't think existed in okay. Great Britain. So obviously we have... Uh, we Somewhere that ch- didn't know who Rick Kelsey from the Running Channel was. Potentially. We, we, we have a split <laughs> British no, and Canadian family. Yeah. Our, our family is a mix of British and Canadians, but. right? So we... We finished the race uh-huh. and we thought we'll just get some food. And we saw this sign and we couldn't believe what it was. Do you know what it is? A I Cana- love how you're getting us so excited to guess. Do you know what it is? What a Canadian eatery. And you must know this. A Canadian what's eatery. What's a Canadian eatery? I don't know what's, what, what's Tim Hortons. I didn't know it was Canadian. Tim Hortons. There's one in the UK. There's one in the UK. Oh, there's loads of them, yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know there was one in the UK. It's not like, it's not like you, you haven't found the only Tim Hortons in the UK. Really? Yeah. 
We stayed all day because we thought it was the only one. <laughs> we had lunch as well. I'm pretty sure they're on I'm pretty place. sure it's the only one. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Hang on, we've got to verify right, we, this. We're going to have to put an edit we've, here while Sarah Googles whether there's more than we, one Tim Hortons. Because we, we were just walking around it, just going, this is amazing. Well, like it was some kind of museum to Canadian like, culture. It, it was just <laughs> incredible. If you don't know what Tim Hortons is, by the way, they do really tasty bread of all types. <laughs> okay, that Quite doesn't sugary. sound like that one. <laughs> Did you write their tagline? Oh my god, Rick! There are so many. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my god, we just we just wasted a day. Should we do a, a running channel podcast from each of the Tim Hortons in, in the UK? Do you want to know the best thing as well? I thought there was it's just like one you, in Harlow and Essex. You, you live, <laughs> Absolutely not. You live quite north of London, right? Yeah. There is one in Kentish Town. No way. <laughs> That's so close to where you live. You've also got one near St Albans, oh, out west gosh. towards Wembley. And we, we've booked a trip there for spring and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one in Harlow. Valentine's Day. The one in wedding anniversary. The one in Harlow in Essex is amazing. Anyway. How was your 10K there? <laughs> yeah. We're supposed to talk about running. Back to running. Uh, 50... Three minutes, 50 seconds. Oh, so you've done the opposite of what annoys a lot of people. So I said, how was your 10K? Yeah. I didn't ask you your time. So the, the, cause you know, a lot of people get yeah, quite rightly get annoyed that if the first time you, first thing you ask someone after they've done a race mm. or a marathon, oh, what time did you run? They're like, mm. oh no, but I, it's not about the time. I had a good experience doing it, but yeah. you've gone straight in with the time. So clearly you're quite happy with that. Well, cause it was so muddy that. Oh, I and the excuses did... are coming now. No, no, because if you That's get a, you get a half decent time, time yeah. when it's really muddy. Yeah. Okay. So it's like just yeah, under, yeah. under 54. So I was like, yeah, well, it's, and it was absolutely filthy. I mean, our children were so muddy, we weren't sure if they were ours. <laughs> I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> they were definitely in a red coat. They were in a Their red coat, coat is now brown. Yeah. Well, yes. yeah. Scrape yeah. away yeah. the mud. Speaking of that, um, I have to give a special shout out to um, a lady called Ellie from Lincolnshire. Oh, yeah. Who emailed into the podcast. Black County. And at the, it was. This is just purely for her postscript. So, P.S. Andy, as a primary school teacher, I just wanted to say a special thank you to you for populating our classroom with lots of children, so that no teacher in the country would be out of work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's got so many kids, he has to send each five into a different county. <laughs> Brilliant, and they will only eat at Tim Hortons. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, there's hundreds of those around the UK, so we're, we're all okay. Surely they're going to sponsor us by next week now. Oh. Uh, right. Um, oh, imagine. So okay. I didn't do a 10K. No? You didn't. But I'd had a week or so off running. I did a really good um, speed workout, and then I had a little um, operation. So any eagle eye viewers, I have got a little scar here on my head. But then, so I had to have a week off running because it was too sore. Mm-hmm. And then when I got back into it, I'd really missed it. So I, I was mm. like, I was feeling a bit itchy to get out there. So I did a very easy 5k on Friday, then nearly 10 miles Saturday and nearly 10 miles Sunday. Oh, that's I'm a lot. Very proud of myself and, and I'm exhausted how, how's your How's your head? My head is, it's all right. I can't move this side of my forehead. So I imagine this sort of half of my face is roughly how you feel after all of the cosmetic treatments. <laughs> 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 <Do you have? laughs> I'm so glad you so guys have really smiling. been able to bot. Yeah, can't tell. Can't, can't tell. <laughs> that hurts a little bit if I laugh. So if you, if you guys could be a little bit less ridiculous today, oh, yeah, that, sorry, that would sorry, help me out. Sorry. Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my weekend. I'm pretty tired from it and um, you're currently training towards a mile so how does it feel to be obviously like this has been a little hiccup in the training but how does it feel to be back in like mile training territory yeah well i'm not sure those two 10 mile runs are massively going to help me but they help me get my mojo back to feel like i'm getting out there the yeah. fastest stuff's been good um what's not been good mm. is so it's i'm running the podium event um the podium it's event. called a podium fest podium racing festival okay. in the middle of march um in leicester i love how 
all, my Instagram is just flooded with like announced this person is running it. Yeah. And then I'm just like, and Andy. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is something that I wanted to bring up because it's a little bit embarrassing. They podium did put out like a, a list of the people running. That's a one mile time trial. And yeah. there's like 10 names on it. And it's, it says the favorites and it's all of these people that are knocking out four minute miles for fun at the moment. Yeah. And me. <laughs> are you in the list of favorites? Yes. Well, really? <laughs> and, and I, yeah, thanks, Sarah. That's the support I needed. No, as in, like, you're doing it for fun, but, like, back it when you were a professional athlete, yeah. you obviously would have been the favourite. But well, this is, like, should we make Andy suffer now? for between four do? and five minutes? Oh, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say too... I think I talked about it on a previous podcast, but we are going to be doing a sweepstake ahead of the event, and there's some incredible prizes to win if people can guess my finishing time. So I shouldn't give any and too much of a leading, but I am going to be a good 20 to 30 seconds behind the winners, probably. That might give a, a little bit of gauge. So that's little, a bit of an advantage to podcast listeners. And, and a time. little bit of an advantage as well, if you're listening or watching this. Back in the day, Andy ran 3.49. Yeah. So it's not going to be that. <laughs> so, so don't guess any but faster. They're that. just taking a chunk out of his head, so you might be a bit lighter. Yeah, and more aerodynamic. Actually, yeah, it's a little bit, little bit like it's you like um, when, when, people... you, when you rucked a carpet up or something. It's sort of a little. <laughs> you know when people talk about running form and they're like, imagine a string coming out the top of your head. You can just pull one of your stitches She's out. out. <laughs> I had to get my wife to cut one of the uh, one of the stitches off. It was like dangling off my head yeah that's, that's that's love they've done a oh. lovely job of following your hairline actually yeah that's good yeah, quite a long I way back that. <laughs> <laughs> that. but no, back to the, the favorites thing i felt like embarrassed that they would as if those guys on the start line are going to be quaking in their boots that, that i'm showing up it's been so long since i've run <laughs> a competitive it's mile it's like it's like um a cycling time trial isn't it it's not yes. like you're all lined up elbows at the ready and going it's yeah. just like one after the other it'd be like um It'd be like one of playing one of those computer games where someone forgets to press go at the start as they all race off into the distance and there's me just chugging along behind. Um, what's the what's the the ground underneath you? It's a road surface, so it's like okay. a, I think it's a roughly 900 meter kind right. of quite wide, sweeping. I don't know if it's actually like a velodrome or some kind, but it's nice. um, yeah, it's going to be fast and it'll be the fastest mile I've run in a long, long time. Hopefully. And we're making Ooh. a video about it, so it's going to be good. Yes. When, is, when is this? 16th. Yeah, 16th of March. March. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. You're going to come watch. Sixteenth of March. Oh, look at his face! He's like, like, "Oh no, I wanted to I'm, pretend that I'm interested I'm and so support you." One of my other, one of my other jobs. We've <laughs> <laughs> got the trousers yeah, on. Yeah. Already. He's booked in uh, Harley well, you're Street not, you're for not another. Going clinical... to sell windows today, then? No, no, no. no, no, no. I did that yesterday. Double glazing. Right. Wrong coat. Wrong coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his Dale boy coat. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was my weekend of running, and let's, I guess, get on to your weekend of running, Sarah, which is the subject for this video which is how to run the perfect race so i mean pretty bold statement for you saying you've run the perfect race it's so, so much so we're doing a whole video about it well i'm gonna go in i'm gonna be punchy we mm. were talking about and we've got a question later on about like running mojo and i really felt like i lost it last year and like i feel like this was the this was the the race where i was like i'm back i'm mm. loving it and it's and i think actually the what's most important to me about this is that I didn't run a sub something. So no. like I set out to to do a 10K race that I was absolutely petrified for. Why, are you, why were you worried? Because I just, because so a few years ago, we did a whole series on me running a sub 45 minute 10K. Yeah. And for the last few months, I've just been thinking like that was a blip. Like I don't know who that person was. Because, well, to be able to run that fast. Yeah, because that speed just feels so so far away from what I'm capable of doing. We were reliving that the other day. I think that's the, like, I was 
sort of crying after that event. It was, it <laughs> so was, was I. I was just a mess. And it was, I don't think I'd realized until we got there. One, the track always gives me that kind of um, slightly like supercharged feeling of emotion. Like it's, it's a visceral place for me to be at a running track. Mm. And then I realized that when you were there running a 10K with four different pacemakers, everyone yeah. was there to watch you. We had a few hundred people come mm. down. I was like, I've put Sarah, we've put Sarah under quite a lot of pressure here. It was quite <laughs> a lot of pressure, yeah. yeah. But yeah. strangely, I remember going into that and like, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the series, it is, I ran 45 minutes and 12 seconds yeah. for that race, which is probably the most gutting <laughs> run yes. I've ever done. But it was still incredible. Like in what other, unless you're a professional athlete, like in what other situation do you get like 250 people watching you It was like 26 degrees run? on a and it was weeknight so in August or whatever it was. Absolutely yeah. brutal. And I remember then fast. like yeah. two weeks later, I like gave myself time to recover. I think I went on holiday for a week and then I came back and was like, I've I've got something to prove. And I went to the track at 7 a.m. It was raining, so much colder yeah. and ran like 44, 52, I yeah. think. There was no one else. There was like two other people on the track. And I got to the end and was like, <gasps> like properly out of yeah. breath. And they were like, are you okay? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, don't, don't mind me. Just proving something to myself. Yeah. But that was 2022, I think. Mm, yes. And since then, like 10K hasn't been a focus. I haven't really looked at that as a speed. And I've always been like, oh, well, I did that on the track. So I don't think I'd ever be able to do that on the road. And we talked about how you just lost the will to to run really at the end of last year. Then in 2023, you were really struggling with like a sense of purpose and, and what to, mm. to actually bother getting out there with structure. But now that you've got actual structured training plan, yeah. it's sort of paid dividends over a distance that you're actually not training for. Yeah. And I've got like, I think last year, I've said this before, I was just trying to train so much that I just got, I don't know, bored, lost, like I ran out of steam basically. Whereas I took time off, just completely just tried to run for fun. And then ever since January 1st, I've been like, right, this is all systems go up until April for London Marathon. And then, then that's it. I can switch. I can do yeah. whatever I want to do. It's more fun. And so mm. that's given me like such good purpose in training to actually go for something that's a bit scary. So I guess we should talk about the race. Yes. Um, also for context, I ran, I feel like I ran two perfect races at the weekend. Oh, not, hello. Not to two. be, not oh to be goodness. even more. Yeah. What do you mean? No, Within because, the same race? No. So I ran two 10Ks at the weekend. Um, on Saturday, I ran a 10K with our videographer Tito, which was a race going all out. And then on Sunday, I did my easy run, which was also 10K for the week. And I went and did the London winter run with Anna and we were filming her. It was her last race that she's going to do um, before she has her baby. And it was, again, like the perfect race, but just for completely different goals. Yeah. Like wow. so fun. We went into it. We just had a party. We were clock watching, but just to make sure that Anna like had a pace that she wanted to stick to and we were making sure that we didn't go off too fast at so the start and get excited. Anna the whole way. Yeah. And again, it was me and Tito. So like me and Tito were filming her, um, like, yeah, just supporting her the whole way around the race. So it was, just, it was quite a nice pace then. Yeah. But it yeah. was just like lovely. Like I would highly recommend if you've only raced four times, yeah. sign up to something and just go and run it for fun. Especially something like, like that race had 22,000 people. It's a really nice race though, isn't it? It's so nice. Like there were polar bears, there were huskies to high five. Yeah. Like there were so many choirs out on the route, like little activations. It was genuinely just so much fun. And also I've never raced a 10K that big before. So it felt so strange to be like in a closed road event with 22,000 people. 22, yeah. people. And then you're done in like, 
an oh, hour, so hour and a half. So was that the perfect race or was Saturday your perfect race? I think it was kind of both. But so Saturday was the perfect race in terms of I wanted a PB. So but, okay, so you, and you were going round at full pace. Mm -hmm. so and you, you were all out on Saturday. That was full all send. And then yeah. Sunday was just, a, it was a light, fun, enjoy it, weren't we? Yeah. You weren't yeah, looking yeah, yeah. at your watch. Sa and, Saturday you just... was run as hard as I possibly okay. can. And Sunday was pure vibes. Could? I think so, yeah. Hang on, just... I'm going to have to pick you. Did you do both in, in the space of one sentence use the, use the phrases full send yeah. and pure vibes? Yeah. Uh, Am um, I cool enough to pull that off? She, I well, you mean you're cooler than me and Rick. I didn't even notice even know it. I didn't even notice yeah. it. It went <laughs> straight over my head. Just seamlessly. What was the first one? Pure what? Pure vibes. Pure vibes, yeah. What does that mean? Pure vibes. Yeah. So it was great. Just like this podcast. Pure yeah, vibes. Pure vibes. Yeah. And then full send. Full send, you're all out. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah see, Rick gets it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understood it. <laughs> I, just I probably think... wouldn't use that on Times Radio. But... <laughs> oh, plug. oh my God, I absolutely, I would pay you so much money to try and slip that in. I think both of those, if you can get those so into it's a show. Just, it's just coming up to 10.30pm. Hope you're enjoying the pure vibes. <laughs> now for the news. <laughs> Next up, we've got the chancellor. And, uh, and if you didn't know, um, I've interviewed the last, the, the last six prime ministers. Full send. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah, we we know you you scrabbled around for a few minutes last on last yeah. week's podcast to find something you were proud of as an achievement. Uh, to, uh, some of them were some of them were pure vibes. Some of them weren't. <laughs> I would like to know which of the last six prime ministers in the UK you would describe as pure vibes. Back to running. Back to running. <laughs> so to break down Saturday, the aim. <laughs> sure, the, just trying to end Rick's career. The aim on Saturday was to absolutely go all out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> And I had signed up to this race um, literally like at the start of the week because I'd looked at my training plan in runner and on my long run for that week was like a 14K run at a comfortable pace. But they also have like a little bit of text in like your section of your run. And basically it was like, this is a deload week. If you want to do a race, you can. Here's the pace that we recommend you go off at. And it was yeah. like 4.30 per kilometre. So it's exactly 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Prior to this race, what was your road 10k PB? You talked about those kind of track efforts before. What was your road 10k PB? So it was the uh, time trial or like benchmark run that yeah. I did for the sub 45 minute series, which I think was either 47 or 48 minutes. So even that wasn't official though, right? That was, that was like us timing it on your... No, because I'd also done one... Before we did the series oh, with really? Mo, I went and did a race. Okay. We didn't film it, but yeah. I was like, Mo, I'm really scared. Do you want to come pace me for a 10K? <laughs> and so was what was like, the time? Sorry, 47, I think, 48? Yeah, for like 47, 48 minutes. Okay. Mm. So then you and were that was like right at the start of, that was like a good, like almost two years ago. Right. Okay. So you're pretty confident when, you know, you, you see something in the app that says like, just crack on, 4.30 per kilometre. So mm. That's a little bit intimidating. Yeah. But also it's that weird mix of like, I feel like if you look at something and it scares you, you've got two options. You can either go like, no, that's not for me. Or you have to kind of boldly go, right, I'm going to give this a go. And it's kind of- 4.30 a kilometre. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. So 4.30 per kilometre, which what had given me confidence is the run that I did with you, where yeah. we did 5k. That was pretty much almost, what, was, what did it end up being? Like 4.36? Yeah. What time did you run in the end? Uh, well, 23.16, so... Yeah, so 22.30 would be 4.30s. Yeah. So, like, that long. was, again, far a little bit further away, but, like, close to that pace. And then also... And you were talking the whole way around. Yeah, yeah. So that, like, gave me a bit of confidence. But then I was like, I have... So I DNF'd a 5K in the same... Did not finish. 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah, acronyms. Also, someone asked us about DOMS, which we didn't describe delayed last week. Very normal. Muscle soreness. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So essentially the pain that you get in your legs a few days after, delayed yeah. onset muscle soreness, DOMS. Onset muscle soreness, straight away pain, OMS. Definitely not a thing though. Um, we've made that no, up. No, not a thing. Yeah. That's just a... But we pride ourselves on, on kind of the no jog and no acronym kind of status of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely pull us up if we, if we talk about something that... You don't um, understand. Also, yeah. Gavi is a wine. <laughs> yeah. So many people, so Rick bangs on about his, uh, his Gavi obsession as to what it like is. I feel like we need a little, Not like... Gaviscon. We need... <laughs> oh You'll need God. it. The amount of uh, I mean, by the wine. end of the night, it's probably both. Um, but yeah, we need a little, like, key. Yeah, like a glossary of... Uh, <laughs> glossary uh, of running channel yeah. terms. But anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so I was semi-confident, but I knew I needed to put a few other things in place. So that's yeah. why I spent all week pestering Tito to sign up to the same race. Yes. And by... Thursday, I'd persuaded him. And for context, so we were having a bit of banter in the office last week about it ahead of yeah. this race because Tito's best was around 48, 49 minutes, I think. Mm -hmm. Wow. From literally a few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. he'd run that. And he was like, that was all out, absolutely all out. I was on the floor afterwards. and uh, But but in terms of over a marathon, last year, you both ran a very, very similar marathon yeah. within, within a few seconds of each other. He was 10 seconds faster than me over and the marathon. And that doesn't hurt you at all, does it? No. Well, it's all right. <laughs> Manchester and London this oh, year. Yeah, so that, again, Manchester you're going head to head London. with him. Head to head again. So it's kind of, we've got like such good friendly rivalry, apart yes. from the fact that he's 20 years older than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But, but anyway, yeah, the fact that I should definitely be faster, but it's yeah. fine. He's incredible. He's got a good skincare regime. <laughs> <laughs> he can pick his brains afterwards. Um, yeah, so he's the same age as you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's incredible. So I persuaded him to sign up. There was a friendly bit of rivalry and we didn't really, we, we just had a plan to set off together and to try and like hold the pace. And then we went into this race and my plan was to do perfect negative splits, starting off at 440, finishing up at 420 per kilometre because that would then equal 430. So yeah. like two and a half K at 440, two and a half K at 425, two and a half K at, no, 35, two and a half K at 425, two and a half K at 420. Okay. We set off, kilometre one, 436. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah, fraction fast, but that, but I mean, within the range of like what's controllable. Oh wait, no, sorry, I remember that wrong. Kilometre <laughs> one, 433. Okay. Oops. That's really fast. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit too fast. And then, it's quite Didn't, hard to get be accurate within it is. Know, five seconds there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I was using lap pace. Perfect. Absolute game changer. Kilometre two, also 433. But did still you think okay. metronomic though? Still thinking, oops. Yeah. Yeah. But did you do this, Sarah? Because to be fair to you, you are a great running companion, but you're not great on the lap pacing, are you? You, yeah. you push it a little bit tight. Mm -hmm. You know, we almost wasted a day because <laughs> oh, I almost just... didn't do the 5k you were amazing you were brilliant yeah but we pushed it a bit too close did I think that's you mate I don't think we did I think don't you we did think it... so no you can't run your best ever time without feeling like you've pushed it really close really good I yeah. suppose so yeah you yeah, have no. to get comfortable with being no, you're you were, you were amazing I've, I've said but you, but you I mean, texted that times, the yeah. day after <laughs> sorry I texted the day after she yeah. was amazing yesterday yeah. but 4.33 yeah. So you weren't that far out. No. no. So, so we were pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. I'm going to get the proper splits up so that I can do this blow did, by blow. You did send me this and I, I feel like it does merit the kind of running the perfect race. 
yeah. title. I think I think you've, you've absolutely smashed it. Yeah, because we were, so like 433, 433, 431, 431, 428, 428, 426, 425. Whoa. Then at the end, 415. Why not? <laughs> oh my gosh. So you it basically was run like, negative splits the whole way through. But yeah. just for, and, for eagle-eyed viewers that would add up those maths and think that that was sub 45, this, so was, this was on your watch, right? So yeah, you, you have got to make allowances for the... The, the weaving and the fact you're actually going to once you cross the line it probably took you a little bit longer because you didn't break 45 minutes did you no so we ran but that's also why i think it was the perfect race we ran 4508 yes oh yeah yes in an, in an ideal world i would love to run a sub 45 minute 10k yeah. in a racing environment but it was four laps there was a lot of overtaking to be done that's and incredible. we genuinely like at no point during that race until about 8k did i think a 45 something or a 44 something is even remotely possible yeah, yeah. Did, did you um do you think that because four laps i find laps mentally tough in a race mm -hmm. but in terms of pacing laps make it easier so did you think that helped yeah i think it did help that was so like if i was going to add up what i thought made it perfect mm. one running with someone else yeah because we literally without speaking took it in turns to pace like right. i am oh, nice. i am terrible in certain sections so i held i kept us back for the first kilometer yeah i feel like tito was pushing too hard then for kilometers two and three i had a bit of a wobble tito just kept us on metronomic yeah four and five it was me Six and seven, it was him. Eight and nine, and then ten, I was like, "Do you have a sprint finish in you?" And he was like, "No." Do you? And I was like, "No." So we just like ran it in together and, and like you, crossed the line together. You crossed the line together. Funny story though. Here, what time did you get? Forty-five oh eight. What time did Tito get? Forty-five oh seven. And and I asked him about this this morning. So, oh, it, this is this is the last race I run with Tito, right? This is the best Such thing a, ever. He was like, "Oh, this is so great! What a great time!" What did he do? It's quite a tight little <laughs> funnel when you start off. So he waited, let, purposefully let me go first over the timing mat so that he knew if we crossed the line together, his time would be faster. And that- He's an evil genius. Is horrible. He, that's like how to run, that's, so he's I've still faster. That's how to run the yeah. perfect race is to be an evil genius yeah. at the same time. But right, you two. Yeah, sorry, we need to wrap it up. I don't feel like we've given anyone any tips though. So we're gonna just do a quick fire tip. Far away. So if you want to run the perfect race, tips of what I did. One, choose something that's scary. Just go for it. It doesn't matter if it goes well or not. Two, get someone to run with you especially if it's like someone where you're too socially awkward to say that you want to stop, that will keep you going. Even better, yeah. Um, you are incredibly socially awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three, try and run negative splits. Don't go out too fast. There are a lot of people who we let overtake us or who we saw overtake us in the first couple of kilometers who we re-overtook at the end because and they'd overcooked it. We've all been there. Don't underestimate the psychological power of that as well. I mm -hmm. hated it in my marathon being overtaken at the end. That's the main reason I want to do it again. Yeah. But the power of passing people towards the end because you've got your pacing right is so motivating and you yeah. gain yeah, yeah. so much time. And also for like, yes, a 10K, if you've run marathons, a 10K feels like a shorter race, but treat it like a ma marathon in your like diligent preparation. Like I woke up a long time before the race, had breakfast. Yeah. Make sure I cleared myself out. Oh, that's enough. That, that is a horrible expression. A horrible expression. Had a gel beforehand, which I'd never done before. Yeah. And then like wore full race day kit, like properly got into the zone. And you warmed up as well, right? You didn't just rock up and then run 10K. You did we a ran run. 2K before a 10K. Yeah. Never done that before. Incredible. Did it work? Yes. Yeah. Did oh, some warm up stretches yes, exactly. and everything. It's almost as if the stuff we say on here really does work. But as Rick gets increasingly more annoyed mm. that we've overrun, this is the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions. Very good ones to answer this week. But first, some news.
Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now, at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Okay, so my news story is about a Scottish 800-meter runner called Guy Learmonth, who has not pulled any punches. And I quite like to see this, actually, like people holding the national governing body accountable for decisions that they made in selection. Have you seen this story? Yeah. No. So he said it was disgusting that he was omitted from the world indoors. So he's a Scottish athlete. The world indoor championships in March are in Glasgow, so they're home championships. And the British team that's been named is very, very small. Um, so just from my perspective, I think that's a shame to not take more people to a, a global championships when it's at home, especially in an Olympic year. Because yeah. they, they can't afford it. Well, I mean, I don't think they would say that, but yeah, the, the, there are definitely have been in the last few years sort of financial dire straits for, for UK athletics as mm. a governing body, British athletics. Mm. Um, but it's quite rare to see an athlete speak out as vehemently as Guy has. Um, so what's happened here is, and I can see both sides of this to be fair. Sometimes I, I always hated the politics of selection for championships. Like you, we've talked about it before. If you had the qualifying time and then you win the trial, then you get picked. Yeah. You don't, they have to pick you. It's in the, the selection policy. Guy was pipped on the line in the selection trials. Um, and I'm not sure he had the qualifying time either. So it became even more complicated. So he, I think he finished second in the trial. But then he, off, off his world ranking this year, he was offered an invite to the world championships by World Athletics, the, the global governing body. Yeah. Um, and British Athletics declined that. So they said they wouldn't take him. And they're basically wow. saying that they would only take people who would likely get a medal or finish top eight. And so oh. he's very cross about this and feels like uh, feels like it's a kind of personal decision. Because he had an invite. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it also, like if you drill down th into the stats of it, uh, mm. there was something like they had six invites, they accepted yeah. five and his was the only one that's... Yeah, I, I, that's why I think he, I've, he's got a, a point about the person he has spoken out before against the governing body. And, and, and in my experience, even 10, 15 years ago, when you did that, like you, beca well. you became sort of almost persona non grata and, and like wouldn't yeah. get picked. Mm. But then if nobody ever speaks up against decisions that get made, then no change ever happens. So I, I, f I feel from here, it's, it's really difficult because what we were always told and what I always operated on the premise of was like, make it cut and dry for the selectors. So if yeah. I wanted to go to the Olympics, you run the time, you win the trial. They don't have a choice regardless yeah. of whether they like you or not or feel yeah. like you're going to win a medal or any of that. Yeah. They, they have to Cut pick and dry, you. let them in. So that's the, that's the tough thing. So yeah, uh, I feel sorry for him, especially one of his very first trips abroad was with me. We stayed in a house together out in, um, in California in the US back in 2012. Oh, really? Um, so our careers overlapped as I was sort of coming to the end of my career and he was just starting out. So oh, that's a shame. Sending my best to Guy, I guess. Mm. So I've got a very different story um, and one that I felt like we had to talk about on the podcast because it, it's so sad and it makes me so angry that this keeps on happening. Um, but there have been a few instances recently of women out for a run getting killed. And um, a specific one that I want to talk about is Laken Hope Riley, who was a nursing student out in the US who went out for a run uh, and has been murdered. And it just brings up this whole, I don't even know if you can call it a 
debate because it's a thing that we should have. Women's safety on a run is not there. And I think what makes me even more annoyed about this specific case is that she'd done everything right. Like she went on a known running route in the middle of the day. Her friends knew that where she was and she still got murdered. And it wasn't even, the police don't even think it was a premeditated thing. They think it was an opportunistic I saw that that description of opportunistic, which is terrifying that that that, that someone being on a run could be considered kind of opportunity for murder. You've spoken about it before and um, Rick and I as, as male runners haven't experienced it in the same way, but still are kind of standing in, in solidarity with anyone out there who has felt threatened on a run or, or feels worried about this because it shouldn't be on anyone going out for a run, whether that's a woman or not, to have to take precautions. It, it should mm. be a societal thing where we change and, and make it a safe place to run. But at the moment, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, so it's really sad that this has happened again. And obviously our thoughts go out to anyone who is affected by this, specifically friends and family of Lake and Hope Riley. So please just take 10 minutes out of your day to find out a little bit more about this or speak to, at the right moment, a female runner that you know and ask them about their experiences. And we're not saying that this has happened to everybody, but there's enough instances out there that we should talk about it. Yeah. Definitely. Now on to questions. Rick. Ooh, yes. Okay. Tim from the US. Philly specifically. My question is, when you go for a run, are you guys a sock, sock, then shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, then sock, shoe? And an additional question is, if you guys like to untie your shoes after a run, or just, or do you just like to forcefully slip them off, and either untie and tie them again when you go for a run again, or do you just keep your shoes tied? Firstly, congratulations for everybody who understands what Tim is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking well, about I, I when you get ready for a run, what order yeah. are you doing stuff in? I get it. Yeah, get and, it. and so, I, I'm, I've got a very strong opinion on this. So I'm going to let you guys go first, yeah. I am sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Rick? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Thank you very much. That's excellent. We are doing it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> are you about to say if you're a sock, shoe, sock, shoe, what are you doing? Yes. Sock shoe, sock shoe, psychopath. See, I if you're a sock shoe, sock shoe, psychopath, please email into podcast at the running dog because I want, I want to know who you are and why you're I've doing it. I've never heard Andy have such a strong opinion. <laughs> I thought Rick was going to be a sock shoe, sock shoe, and I yeah, tell you he's for a why. Because, <laughs> no, and I tell you why because you're you live in a very clean home, mm. so I would assume that you just walk around barefoot. I do, and then when you're going to go out for a run. You get your socks, put a sock on, put your shoe on, put a sock on, put your shoe on. Because if you're doing it all in one go, I don't really have a problem with that. But you see, what I do is I get dressed for a run from, you know, T-shirt, shorts, socks. And then I procrastinate for about two hours and then I put my shoes on. But I'm not walking around my house with my shoes procrastinating. But that's the second part of Tim's question though, Sarah. So putting the shoes on, for some shoes, would you keep them tied? For example, my gym shoes, I leave them tied all the time. So I go and do S&C, they're tied up, slip them on. But my running shoes... Pull them out yeah. and then have a really tight fit for a run. Yeah. So I have never untied my shoes at the end of a run, ever. Never I could, But I will them. always untie and retie when I put them back on. Oh, no. Oh, really? Sarah. <laughs> what? Oh, no. I am a <laughs> the, the, toe on the foot. Well. My, so my, I wouldn't be able to get mine off without Flex. untying the laces. <laughs> Oh yeah, because well, I'm too old and I can't bend down to do it. But, but, but no, but I need one no, of those long shoe horns. That's flexibility. <laughs> that's a yeah. slightly different thing. Um, no, I yeah, I, I mine are locked in tight from when I'm running. So um, I, yeah, there's no way I'd be able to slip them off. And so I would always untie, take them off, 
tie and, and then put them back on and then and tie them properly. Here's Look after your shoes. Here's a, here's a question. Yeah. When you untie them, yeah. do you tuck the laces in? No. Do you not? No. Oh, I thought that would have been a sad tuck little thing that you in. do. Hang on. If you just well, to keep them tied, do a knot, why would you need to tuck them in? Oh, no, no you're saying like when you get to the away. end of a run. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Do you untie? So when you get home from your run, yeah. do you untie your shoes? Correct. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, I don't do that. Oh, well, I imagine that Rick actually unties his shoes. Then puts them away very neatly in the cupboard. Yeah. Then gets a, little, gets, gets a little hand handheld vacuum cleaner out. <laughs> gets any little bits of dust. I do. <laughs> yeah, really, I know. I'm not, oh I'm God, not joking. You, it's really are noisy. Are you also the person that has shoe air fresheners? So when you get in, it's just like... Whoosh. No, I have shoe cubicles under my stairs oh. that are built. I imagine trains. that you have a little spray like they get at the bowling alley. I haven't, but I will do by next week. Come on, Rick. Let's go. Let's go. Right. I'm Laura from Plymouth. Hello, Laura. in Michigan. In the Ooh, USA, not okay. Plymouth in the UK. Oh, um, we're a double US question episode. Yeah. On the podcast, you mentioned Sarah losing her running mojo, which happens to me a lot. What are the tips to avoid your running mojo disappearing or getting it back when it's been lost? We sort of covered some already in this podcast, mm. I think, mm. that the having a, a race to aim for and then doing that with someone else of a similar ability. It, clearly, Sarah said it was a way of running a perfect race, but it's also the way to be motivated. It doesn't have to be a competition on time like you and Tito made it, yeah. but it can be a just, we're striving for this same goal. And there's very few things in running more rewarding than that power of shared experience, I don't mm. think. Mm. And that's what gets me out of the door now is to, to like go and run with other people. I do think, yeah, I think it's having something to aim for, whether that is like, are you going to go to park run most weeks? So you know that every Saturday you've got something in the morning that you're doing, that's going to motivate you for the rest of the yeah. week to train so that you're not turning up and yeah. finding it harder yeah. or are you putting in little milestones throughout the year of like signing up to a race with your friends or yeah. are you gonna go into a training block for a certain section of the year i think it's it's a podcast favorite word chunking yeah you can't just just running for the sake of running 365 days a year is quite hard in no, terms right. of mojo. You're right. Yeah, and make a weekend of it. Find your favourite Tim Hortons. And, <laughs> <laughs> and basically, to be fair, pick I, the think location, they, I think that's only location, in the so We're going to go for lunch afterwards, you know. Yeah, yeah well, make a thing out of it. And routine's a big part of it. Yeah. I think it's really hard to stay motivated when you're ad hoc just deciding to go for a run. Mm -hmm. So give each run a purpose. So that's the structure in your week, whether, you know, that's an easy run, a tempo run, an interval session and a long run. Yeah then structure that into your week so that you know what days those things happen on. And then after a few weeks, that will be a natural routine that you fall into, mm. which automatically motivates you rather than you having to be like, am I going to do something today? Maybe mm. not. I don't know. That's what makes it really difficult for me. Before we go, coming soon to a podcast feed near you, the running channel meets. Ooh. Oh, are we yes. actually announcing yeah, it? Yeah, we are. Let's we do are. it. Rick's done we it. Are. The running channel meets Straight is coming. in. So what is it, Rick? So the running channel meets is when we meet inspirational runners and they tell us something that we don't really know much about that's happened to them. That they've never so told before. They've never spoken about before. And we get into that in depth and chat it through. So it's not necessarily really well-known runners who've run in the Olympics. It's people who love running and mm -hmm. running has done something to them or changed them in some way. We've got some really great guests and it's going to kick off soon. But maybe you'll listen to this and you're thinking, you know what? I think that sounds like me. I've got mm. a really good running story. Let us interview you, maybe. Yeah, email in podcast at the running channel.com. What is your running story? Why do you think we should speak to you? And what do you want to share? We'd love to hear from you. Or is there anyone that you want to nominate or anyone that you might follow on social media who you want us to talk to? Mm. Let us know. Good favor. Very mm. good favor. Um, and my 
well, you've kind of taken Double the favour for the end. But my favour is just share. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with someone else. Because like we say, we're on the hunt and this is the hunt for guests. So please do share this episode so that we can get as many runners and speak to them as possible. Yeah, and it could be famous runners or yeah. people who are famous who also run or people who aren't famous at all, but just have an incredible story and, and they should be out there. Who's the person that we would get on that you would go properly starstruck for? Because you keep saying like, it doesn't have to be a famous runner. Do you have someone in mind who's a famous person who you're like, I'd really like to speak to them? I, really embarrassingly, I, I, I want to I go high. I want to aim high. I, I want to get Ryan Reynolds in. I don't even know whether he runs. So I just think he's the coolest oh. guy in the world. <laughs> he's got- Next time he's over for Wrexham, I think we need to get him on. We should just go and gate crash. He's Wrexham's gone high. Thing. I mean, yeah. I went. I did watch a Ryan Reynolds film last week. So yeah, oh, I think basically we're halfway there. Yeah. Sarah, yeah. who would you go for? Oh, currently. Yeah. Richard E. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's, a, there's a bid in. Just the, oh, the, yeah, we're trying. the zest for life that that man has. Yeah, he's great. I yeah. want to speak to him. And everybody knows mine, so we'll just finish there. Kirsty Kirsty Alsop. Alsop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if when we When, not if, when we get her on, we're going to play her all of these little snippets and then be like, so Rick, what's your first question? <laughs> if anyone if anyone out there has a genuine contact for Kirsty Alsop, and if, and if you're and, from and a country that runs, well, <laughs> we I don't, don't know whether that's relevant right now. Rick needs to go on a run with her. Do. You know what you two will do? That week will be the one that I sit out of. Yeah. 100%. For, for, <laughs> and for context, Kirsty Allstop presents incredible programmes, most famous for probably location, location, location. So Google yes. that if you're not yeah. sure who she is. Yeah, get involved. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.